remember, history lives on through the stories we tell. I'm Peter, and this is Who Died Today, the podcast that explores the lives of famous individuals on the day they passed away. Today, we're delving into the extraordinary life of Louis Addison Armstead, a U.S. Army officer turned Confederate general whose death truly marked the peak of the Confederacy. So, without any further ado, let's learn about Louis Armistead. Louis Addison Armistead was born on February 18th of 1817 in New Bern, North Carolina. He was born to Walker Keith Armistead and Elizabeth Stanley Armistead. He came from a family with a strong military tradition. His father, Walker Armistead, served as a colonel during the Revolutionary War, and his grandfather, John Stanley, was a notable figure in the North Carolina militia. In 1833, at the age of 16, Armistead received an appointment to the United States Military Academy at West Point, New York. While at West Point, Armistead received an excellent education and excelled academically and formed lasting friendships with several future Civil War generals, including Winfield Scott Hancock and Richard B. Garnett. Armistead graduated from West Point in 1837, ranking 30th out of 50 cadets. He was commissioned as a brevet second lieutenant in the 6th U.S. Infantry. Early in his military career, Armistead served on garrison duty in various locations, including Florida and Fort McHenry in Baltimore, Maryland. In 1839, Armistead married Cecilia Lee Love, the daughter of a prominent Virginia family. They had five children together, although tragically only one survived into adulthood. During the Mexican-American War, which took place from 1846 to 1848, Armistead served as a captain in the 6th U.S. Infantry. He participated in several engagements, including the battles of Palo Alto, Resaca de La Palma, Monterey, and Buena Vista. Armistead's leadership and bravery were recognized, and he received uh, brevet promotions for his actions. Now, these brevet promotions are fairly interesting, so we're going to take a brief aside. Basically, what they are are these honorary titles, which don't really have the same amount of authority or precedence or even pay as the real or full rank. And this is especially true during the Civil War is where we see a lot of these brevet ranks. So after the war, Armistead continued his military career, serving in various posts and rising through the ranks. In 1855, he was promoted for real this time to major and transferred to the U.S. 10th Infantry. He was stationed in California during the early 1860s, where he witnessed the outbreak of the Civil War. When the Civil War began in 1861, Armistead faced a difficult decision. He had close personal and professional relationships with many Union officers, including his lifelong friend, Winfield Scott Hancock. However, his deep ties to his home state of Virginia and a sense of loyalty to the South led him to resign his commission in the U.S. Army on May 26th of 1861. At that time, he joined the Confederacy. 
Armistead's decision to side with the Confederacy was particularly challenging for his friendship with Hancock. The two famously exchanged words at Hancock's wedding in 1850, jokingly pledging to fight each other in a future conflict. Now, this is pretty ominous from two military officers, and sadly their pledge became a reality in 1863. However, jumping back to before the war, Armistead briefly had served as a commander of the Department of Alexandria, Virginia. In 1862, Armistead was transferred to the Army of Northern Virginia under General Robert E. Lee. He took part in the Peninsula Campaign, a major Union offensive aimed at capturing Richmond, the Confederate capital. Armistead's brigade played a crucial role in defending the Confederate capital during the Seven Days Battles, particularly during the Battle of Malvern Hill. Armistead's next significant engagement came during the Maryland Campaign in September of 1862. His brigade was part of Lieutenant James Longstreet's corps, and they fought at the Battle of Antietam. Despite suffering heavy casualties, Armistead's unit held its position near Dunker Church, contributing to the overall Confederate defense. One of the most defining moments of Armistead's service and life came at the Battle of Gettysburg in July of 1863. Armistead led a brigade in Major General George Pickett's division, which was part of General Longstreet's corps. On the third day of the battle, July 3rd, Armistead's brigade participated in the ill-fated assault known as Pickett's Charge. Armistead, leading his brigade, aimed for the angle as a primary target. As the Confederates advanced across the open ground, Armistead urged his men forward, leading the charge with his hat on his sword. Armistead and his troops managed to breach the Union defenses at the angle, temporarily gaining a foothold on the other side of the stone wall. Now, before we go any further, you're probably asking yourself, what is the angle? Well, the stone wall at the angle is a remnant of a wall that was built by local farmers before the Battle of Gettysburg. And the wall itself was originally two to three feet high. Before the troops were able to break through under Armistead's control, the federal soldiers or the Union troops had used this wall for protection from Confederate fire. So after they were able to get a small foothold on the other side of the wall, the Confederates held on for a short amount of time. However, the Confederate assault ultimately faltered due to overwhelming Union resistance and a devastating crossfire from Union forces positioned on both flanks of the angle. Union troops, notably from the 72nd Pennsylvania Infantry Regiment fought fiercely to repel the Confederate intrusion and really close this gap. The angle and the events that unfolded there became a focal point of the Battle of Gettysburg and a symbol of the ferocity and determination displayed by both Confederate and Union soldiers. It is often, though, regarded as the quote, high watermark 
end quote, of the Confederacy. And this is because the failure to hold the angle marked a turning point in the battle and the ultimate defeat of the Confederate assault. Armistead was wounded during the charge, suffering a gunshot wound to the arm and later being shot in the leg. He was carried from the field and taken to a Union field hospital where his wounds were treated. However, Armistead's injuries proved to be fatal, and he died on July 5th of 1863, two days after the battle at the age of 46. General Louis Armistead's long-term legacy extends well beyond his military service during the American Civil War. While his career was relatively short-lived due to his untimely death at the Battle of Gettysburg, his actions and the personal relationships he forged have had a lasting impact on the co collective memory of the war itself. Armistead's role in the Battle of Gettysburg, particularly his leadership during Pickett's Charge and his breach of the Union lines, became an enduring symbol of the Confederate Army's bravery and determination. His presence at the high watermark of the Confederacy has been immortalized in countless historical accounts, films, and works of literature. And this really has solidified his place in Civil War lore. Furthermore, Armistead's friendship with Union General Winfield Scott Hancock has become a poignant and off-sighted example of the deep divisions and subsequent reconciliations that took place during the Civil War. Their friendship and the gestures of trust and friendship they displayed on Armistead's deathbed at Gettysburg have been used to highlight the personal toll and sacrifices made by individuals on both sides of the conflict. Armistead's legacy also extends to the impact of his family's military heritage. His father, again, fought in the Revolutionary War as a colonel, and his grandfather was a general and a prominent figure in the North Carolina militia. The tradition of military service and dedication to their respective causes within the Armistead family adds depth and concept to Louis Armistead's own decision to fight for the Confederacy. In terms of military strategy and tactics, Armistead's role in Pickett's Charge is often studied as a case in which the perils of frontal assaults against enemy positions should be kind of warned. The failed assault at Gettysburg, in which Armistead played a key role and ultimately led to his own demise, highlighted the difficulties of breaking through heavily fortified enemy lines and showcased the devastating impact of concentrated defensive fire. Beyond the military realm, Armistead's legacy is connected to the broader historical memory and remembrance of the Civil War itself. As an emblematic figure who fought and died for the Confederate cause, his story is often invoked in discussions surrounding the causes and consequences of the war. Right, the complexities of his loyalty to both the United States, but his identity as a Virginian also kind of play a major role in this. And it also shows the enduring impact of 
this conflict on American society. In conclusion, General Louis Armistead's long-term legacy encompasses his military actions, his friendship with different Union generals, specifically General Winfield Scott Hancock, and his place in the collective memory of the Civil War. He will mostly be remembered for his role in Pickett's Charge and the Battle of Gettysburg, where his personal sacrifices have left a mark that can't be denied on the historical narrative of the war itself and will continue to resonate in discussions about the conflict and its ramifications here forward. And that is going to bring us to the end of today's episode on Louis Armistead, a complex Confederate general who, while fighting for the South, remained a loyal friend to some Union generals. Join us next time on Who Died Today as we explore the life of another remarkable individual who left an indelible mark on history. I'm your host, Peter, and thank you for listening. Thank you.